When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the show and go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. I'm Jimmy Galvin, your host, Rugby Tragic, and by my side in the studio here is three-time World Cup player, and I believe you've got a couple of Heineken Cups in there as well, and a couple of Guinness <laughs> World Records too, Drew Mitchell. Mate, thanks so much for, uh, oh mate, it's just super excited for our new show, and also just to talk about rugby each Sunday, 10 to 11. How good! That's right. Bit of a bit of a coffee in hand, paper in hand, and and a bit of rugby chat. Drew, you're uh, bright-eyed and, and bushy-tailed this morning, mate. I am. Plenty of rugby though over the weekend. Obviously, Super Rugby Pacific. We got the Six Nations on as well, which kept us up all throughout the night. But good footy across the board. Good footy indeed. Yeah. Good footy indeed. And what we are going to do each week is open the show with the tight five, the five biggest stories in rugby this week. And opening that up this week, and I know this is a stickler for you, Mr. Drew Mitchell. Number one, overseas selection rule for our Wallaby players. Drew, what is going on? Exactly, mate. What is doing? Like, I just don't understand. Like, I get... What they're trying to say is that it's the these restrictions around players that uh, are playing overseas, they've got a, now the, the new rule, the, the amended rule, which mm. was the good Gitto rule, 60, 60 test caps has now come down to 30. 30. And you uh, had to have played with, uh, in Super Rugby for five years. Okay. Um, but they're still capping it at three players maximum for any tournament. I, I just don't, I don't understand why you'd cap yourself. Like you're hamstringing potentially hamstring yourself. There, there might only be three that you, you might use, but if the, if in the event that there's more, why not pick more? So this was in the news quite a bit last year where it sounded like they were going to scrap this Gido law, and I know you, there's some conjecture around that because you think it's the, the Mitchell law as well. Well, I spoke to Michael Checker last night, who yes. was the man who, uh, I guess, effectively changed that rule, mm-hmm. uh, and he said, well, yeah, it makes no sense. Gido was on 91 caps, 93 caps. Yeah. And I was on 61, so and, yeah, yeah. and the cap was 60, so it's clearly a Mitchell it's law. It's a Mitchell but, law. It's yeah. a Mitchell law. Well, but the Gitto, yeah. Gitto's weight in the name, I guess, is what, <laughs> you know, it's got a little bit more weight around Rugby Australia. It does so. roll off the tongue well. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Next up on our tight Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm not oh, ready you're to not move done. on. No, I'm not ready to move on. I just, okay. I, I, just, I just don't understand why, like, we used seven players from overseas last year in the end of season tour, all, yep. of, them, all of which came in with a positive impact. Mm-hmm. Why going into a Rugby World Cup, like, we need to pick our best team. Like, the, the, the finances of Rugby Australia aren't, from all reports, aren't exactly strong. Best way to go about getting people, corporates, to, to put their, you know, their hands in their pocket and, and write a cheque is to win a Rugby World Cup. Yeah. So why are we going to a Rugby World Cup only limiting ourselves to only three players potentially – Going into a Rugby World Cup with, you know, I just, I don't Without get it. So players. what they're saying is Quade Cooper and Simon Crevy already have uh, their, their nose in front in terms of two of those positions. Mm-hmm. But then you've got to fit guys like Skelton, Arnold. Corabetti. Corabetti. Like all these guys that are playing overseas uh, and they think it's going to stop the exodus. I'm sorry, it's not. The exodus is happening. Mm. Like not only at, at Wallaby level, but at club rugby level. Shoot Shield, uh, Hospitals Cup up in Queensland, John Den Cup in, in Canberra. There are players 
en masse leaving to go play in the MLR, to uh, second, third division French com- uh, clubs, English competition as well. Like, it's not just about the, the top flight Wallabies right here and now. It's about the future Wallabies as well. And it, it's, it's happening. It's, we're, we always talk about the fact that rugby is a global game and then we don't want to acknowledge the fact that it's a global game and players have the yeah. opportunity to go play all around the globe. Like, we, we, I, I just I don't understand why every one of those coaches in the Rugby, uh, rugby Australia and the Wallabies set up have all come from overseas. Mm. They've all been playing their trade overseas. So they, there's value in going overseas and, and, and learning and experiencing different perspectives and, and uh, ways of, of thinking in terms of how you want to play and come back and help that benefit the current situation here in Rugby Australia and whether it's the Wallabies or, or Super Rugby, whatever it might be. I'd, I, I, it, I shake my head, mate. Like, it's, it's frustrating. It is. It, it, is, it is frustrating not to have our, uh, our top 15 on the pitch but also, just like think of being a player in that Wallaby squad, knowing you're not going to the Rugby World Cup with your best potential team. Yeah, it's, like, it's tough on the mindset. Oh, it's not easy. It, in every level of uh, representative teams, from when you're 13 and onwards, you pick the best team available. Then you get to the ultimate representative team, and you limit yourself. I just don't get it. I don't get it. It's frustrating. Well, that is a stickler for Drew Mitchell, which I'm sure you can hear. Well, next up, we have Roger Tuovasa-Shek, who is a big story in world rugby. Uh, First game for the Auckland Blues yesterday, did pretty well. Mate, he was sharp. Mm. First 12 minutes of that that game, he had five carries. And I'm not big on just talking about numbers and and stats like that because they don't always tell the story. But the five carries that he had were strong. He's got brilliant late footwork. We've seen it so much in the rugby league field, mm. that little shimmy just to get himself through that defensive line, get his shoulders through, get him quick ball. He's got an offload game. He's just, what, what he does, he puts doubt in the defender's mind. And yeah, well, I mean, I, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I, I, you know, like it was disappointing for him and I'm sure he'd be frustrated with himself with the final the, tackle, the missed tackle and the, mm. the last play, which eventually gave the, uh, the hurricanes the win. But Roger Tulvasashek is a problem. He's a, he's a problem for oh, us. Mate. He's a problem for us. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, where there are a couple more problems, onto our third mm-hmm. point in the uh, tight five. The State of Union. The Waratahs have gone down in a game that they should have won. They should have won, mate. It was, it was a really good contest out there at Leichhardt Oval on Friday night. Uh, tough conditions. Tough conditions. We've, we've had plenty good of rain. handling in, in, in tough conditions. Much like the, most of the East Coast, we've had plenty of rain. But the first half, both teams went out with an intent to play. Uh, Waratahs, plenty of opportunities going into uh, the Queensland Reds 22 mm. and also into their half. Yes. Weren't able to really capitalise early, probably as much as they should, but it was, it was the first sort of um, Reds versus Waratahs game for a long time, which was an exciting brand and a genuine contest. Yeah. And, you know, when the Waratahs are looking at it, Teniela Tupo pulls out in the warm-up. Tate McDermott goes off after 38 minutes with an ankle injury. Like, you don't get too many cracks at the best team in Australia missing two of their best players for at least 38, you know, uh, well. Most of the game. Yeah, exactly. If, 42 if not, minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, it was it was one that went begging, I think, for the Waratahs. Uh, and I think maybe a little bit of a hangover from last year in terms of just a little bit of doubt crept in, not knowing necessarily how to put the nail in the coffin of the Reds. Um, there's a couple of decisions in terms of, how they were going to play or execute crossfield kicks and things like that, that probably they would like to have back again, but that's, it's a big learning curve. But again, you just, your learning curves can't be missing 
a game that you should win against Australia's best team. They're looking a lot better than last year, the Warriors. Yeah, abs- it is. Mate, and, a lot to be excited for. And a gritty result from a Queensland Reds team, which I think when we come up against some of those Kiwi sides, they'll remember wins like that without their best players and, and showing that depth. Absolutely. The, the Queensland Reds' performance had a lot of Brad Thorne about it. Mm. Brad Thorne would, like, has done in rugby league, rugby union, all the teams that he's played for. He, he grinds out. He just grinds away, and that's what the Reds' performance on Friday night had about it. And uh, and you swore your allegiance to New South Wales, I heard in the commentary on uh, <laughs> Nine and Stan as well, which I thought was quite Mate, impressive. I'm a, but, I'm a uh, Liverpool boy. I was we, born out west. We look, we uh, we we do have fans on the Gold Coast that are able to call in on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. If you would like to speak to Drew Mitchell about his allegiance up there on the Gold Coast, and feel free to do so. Uh, next up on the tight five, uh, we have Super uh, Super W kicking yeah. off next week. Uh, the, the the women's rugby competition. It's set to be a pretty pretty big season, Drew. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, there's so much to be excited about for the Super W season. Uh, of the last couple of years, it's been difficult uh, in terms of you know obviously the, the COVID scenario and situations and um, getting the competition you know to fruition. Uh, this year, it's it's happening. Uh, Fijiana are joining it as well, which I'm told it's a little bit of concern about this uh, Fijiana side. I'd imagine so, so. Yeah, I mean, there's, um, yeah, I guess the the Reds and the Waratahs are the, probably the two strongest team in the Super W competition of, of recent years. I'm just a little bit like looking over their shoulder a little bit about this uh, Fijiana side. So plenty to be excited about. Plenty of uh, you know our, our women's best here in Australia looking to you know, make a mark before the, yep. you know, the upcoming uh, Rugby, Rugby World Cup World for the Cup. women's as well. That's yeah. So huge. a lot to, uh, to be excited about. Catch that all on stand as well. Absolutely. Well, we'll be back after the break. Uh, this is Jimmy and Drew, the show and go coming at you on SEN. Time now for the Super Rugby Wrap on the show and go. That's exactly right. It's time for the Super Rugby Wrap. This is Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. If you want to be a part of the conversations, feel free to call in on 1300 01 1170 or shoot us a text as well on 0457 736 736. Drew, great weekend in Super Rugby. Let's kick it off. We touched on it before, the Waratahs Reds. Yeah, Reds winners uh, 2016 over the Waratahs at Leichhardt Oval. Like we, we, we touched on earlier, a great contest. Uh, you know, back to sort of the old rivalry, there was a fair bit of niggle involved as fair well. Bit of yeah, yeah, there. yeah, there's, yeah, fair bit of yeah, there's a bit of push and shove. We, we're obviously not going to see any punches thrown these days, and you know, rightfully so. But um, <laughs> but there was there was enough. Like they were, they were testing out the fabric and the the durability of the jerseys a fair bit throughout the course of the uh, the evening. Absolutely, a good game in wet conditions. Uh, mm. Next up, an absolute cracker yesterday: the Hurricanes versus the Blues. Last minute try at the end from Ardi Savia, thirty-two, thirty-three. What did you think of that one? Yeah, this this was just entertainment, right, right from the get-go. Uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, uh, Julian Savia, also going up against him head-to-head. Yeah. Start on the wing and almost exclusively played wing and throughout his career. Played a little bit of uh, centre at Toulon. I don't know how well that went for them over there, but. Just you know, again, another layer to that to that uh, story of that game and Artie Savia, the last player of the game. Had to be. Yeah, I mean, we we touched on it as well. Roger Tuivasa-Shek just getting brushed off with a, a going in for a high tackle, getting uh, palmed off, and then Artie Savia just tiptoeing down the sideline, breaking a couple of tackles, and then going in for for the match winner. And look, the, the style of play last week they they lost to the Crusaders in another high scoring game so the 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 capable of scoring points but also at the moment their defense is is leaking a few but they were 
able to get away with uh, with this one. But the, again, the Blues, it's their first game after yeah. the, the postponed game for them in the first round. They look pretty good as well. Always a solid team, the Hurricanes, so I must say. Yeah. They're, they're, and they're also, always consistent performance. Ray Arce, three tries. He was, he's, he, he's also a problem. I, I tell you who are a problem as well. They're a thorn in my side. It's the Brumbies over the Andrua. Uh, 42 to 3. They're looking strong, the, the Brumbies. Uh, a standout performer for me was uh, the accountant, Jesse Mogg. <laughs> yeah, you liked him. You I do te- like him. Texting me throughout the game. Yeah, look, the, the Brumbies, um, clinical. The, look, the, the, Fi- the Fijian and Drua was, they, they've got moments in them. They're just not being able to string it together for long enough periods and mount any genuine pressure against the Brumbies. You know, there, there are times their decision-making in the back three. Yep. Look, and I know that we love the fact that they like to try and run everything, but there's also times where you've just got to consolidate possession or territory and alleviate some pressure on your side rather than mounting it on on yourselves. Um, chose to run out the, of their 22 a number of times, getting turned over, giving the, the Brumbies great opportunity with ball, either going to the driving mall uh, or, or just in that area of the field. And in the end, the class of the Brumbies was just too much. Yeah. And... Uh... Crusaders looking strong as always. They're probably the biggest threat in the competition. Uh, Thirty-four to nineteen over the Highlanders. Anything to add on that one, there, Drew? Not a huge amount. Look, it's just we we know what we're going to get from the Crusaders, and I think every team does. And we're still we're not able to kind of decipher it and 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 find a way to to, to overcome them at the moment. They're always. I, I feel like they're the team that sort of just goes. And this is really, I don't know, it feels a bit odd saying it, but almost a little bit under the radar. Like mm. just because you just expect it from them, so. You know, again, when when you've got a team that puts out performances like they do week in, week out, year after year, it's almost just becomes expected. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, you know, the Crusaders are the team to beat, you know, and, uh, you know, come sort of the end of the season. But they just, they've just got a, a program. Uh, Scott Robertson, they, they've just got a program there when a player they remind me of in. like a Melbourne Storm sort of set up. Oh, we don't have to link everything to rugby league. No, do I'm just saying it, it. They they do a good job to I think, it, in terms of expertise. Mate, the, the Melbourne Storm depth. have a very Crusader-like setup. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> They've been around longer. Yeah, fair enough. And the uh, the last match of the weekend to wrap up for us is uh, the Western Force with a fantastic win, 28 to three over the Rebels. Concerning signs for the Rebels, Drew. Mate, it is. I, I was concerned right from the get-go when they dropped the young number 10, Carter Gordon, after one round. I just think you've got an entire off-season, pre-season trial games, to, to, to work out who is going to be your quarterback, who is going to lead your attack. And after one game up in Queensland under trying conditions, the, the heavens opened up at half-time up there. Didn't have too many options around him. He's experienced players in Tormoor and, and Hodge. Well, that's got, what I was going to say. Was, he a, was he a four guy for someone else maybe outside of him that wasn't going through the line? Well, I just think, look, after one performance, you've just got to back your young fella. Like, you backed him to start the season. You've got to stick with him. Like, it just doesn't show a great deal of faith in, in, in Carter Gordon when you're getting dropped after one game. So, so now what happens? They've been beaten by the Western Force 28-3. to three. Do they then – do they now drop Matt Tormoor or – like? I just, I just thought it was a bit of panic stations after one, one game to drop your number ten. Yeah, yeah, pretty unfair. And we've just had a question come in on the text line as well. A question for Jimmy. That is me. As a rugby fan, how do you think the new broadcaster Stan is going? Uh, and do you and Drew have some ideas for new shows? Long time listener, first time texter. Well, I like that one. Uh, I think Stan are doing a great job. I have never seen access to 
rugby like this before in Australia. I think uh, the the New Deal, where it's 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 user friendly. You go onto the website. You've got Six Nations. You've got Super W, Super Rugby. It's all there. It's all easy. I love using Stan as a fan. Drew, you work for Stan Channel Nine. How are you enjoying it? You've worked in different places before around the world in broadcast. Are you enjoying the uh, the new setup and the team? Yeah, mate, I'm I'm loving it, and I, I love it because. The, the team that we have makes it enjoyable. There's good energy. Uh, there's differing opinions, which I think is, is healthy as well to have sort of those, those discussions. Sometimes I, I sit on that panel and I, I just sort of look out the corner of my eye and Checker's just sitting there just gl- glaring at me. And it, like, I always feel like, you know, he, he gives me that, uh, that principal sort of feel, you know, when, when you're at school well, and the principal comes to you. It must be weird you, for you with Michael yeah. Checker who coached you at, at World Cups and now you, your colleagues. Yeah. I mean, I just, I've got so much respect for him and, you know, and I always just think that, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those situations where, um, I don't know, I, I want him to kind of, you just chase that sort of endorsement, I think, because yeah. I was doing that for so long as a player. Yeah. And, and I think that that's the relationship I have with him. And, and then I also sort of sit there and I can see him just looking at me and or his eyebrows are raised when I make a point, but it's good. It's healthy as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I love it. Uh, it's good team. And yeah, look, I'm, I'm able to do something I love, so I'm uh, not complaining what, whatsoever. I tell you who has been an absolute coup for uh, Channel 9 Rugby and Stan Rugby is Sarah Naguama. I yeah. think she has been f- such a fantastic addition to the to the commentary and, and to, to hosting that role. Uh, mate, she's she's taken to it so well, and to give um, you know, like her her perspective is is fantastic, and and she just looks so comfortable out there on the on the TV. And uh, I, I remember the first time she came in, she was um, on the panel with Sunny Bill, and Sunny Bill, you know, World Cup winner, and you know, we don't even have to go through what he's achieved in rugby league, rugby union, and also in in the in the square, uh, in the in the boxing ring, but. Um, First, her first time on air was she. She sort of heard what Sonny had to say and went, "You know what? I actually disagree." And I just think that's fantastic <laughs> to have that sort of that confidence to to, to speak your mind. And, and yeah, so she's been a great addition, and we'll be seeing her also up in uh, in the in the forthcoming weeks in the Super W as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Grace Grace Hamilton also, the Wallaroos captain, was uh, there with you the other yeah. night. And our, our text line has asked, "Do you have any ideas for some new shows on on Stan now?" Drew, I, I, I know that you've got plenty of – you're a creative guy. You've got plenty of show ideas. I've, I've heard you at the pub quite a few times with a few <laughs> ideas for shows. Now, tell me, what, what other shows have you got up your sleeve? I think Drew's Clues was mentioned no, in there somewhere. No, we're not doing Drew's it? Clues. Come on. Come on. It's not like a – yeah, we're not doing that. Uh, look, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the good thing about it being, a you know, the stand platform that it is, there's, there's opportunities for, for shows. Um, I'm actually – I think I'm maybe the only one on the team that – hasn't got a permanent residency on, on any of the shows at the moment. So I'm feeling a little bit, you know, yeah, a bit left out. Yeah. All by myself. No, can't have that. Yeah. But um, look, there's the good thing is we're exploring those options and uh, hopefully I'll be on some sort of a show soon. <laughs> <laughs> good, Madri. Well, you deserve it. At least we've got you here on the show and go. This is Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN Radio, the show and go. We're going to the news now and we'll be back after the break. Because you're hot. Hot and cold on the show and go. Oh, it's getting heated in here, but it might be chilly over in the corner with Drew Mitchell. <laughs> it's hot and cold. Thank you to Katy Perry for introducing our next segment. Now, here we will uncover who is hot, who is cold in the world of rugby. Might be a person, might be a team, might be an event. Drew Mitchell, kick us off. Well, this one uh, was 
really, it, it came through from you on a text message throughout the Brumbies game yes. uh, yesterday. You're a big fan of Jesse Mogg. He's hot right now. Yeah? Yeah. So hot right now. So he's hot right now. That's uh, it, Look, I, I think he has surprised me. He's come back. I didn't have big expectations for Jesse Mogg coming back. Solid player. Uh, what, well, when played three fit? caps for the Wallabies in 2013. So it's been a long time since he's been representing uh, Australia. He he looks comfortable. He looks fit. He looks fast. How old is Jesse Mogg now? Oh, you put yeah, him on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he'd, he'd be early thirties, yeah, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Well, he he looks great. I think he's uh, he, he's playing some good footy. And I, I I tell you who else is hot in my eyes. Harry Johnson Holmes, what a performance! Mate, I feel like you've got something for the bearded men. Yeah, maybe I do. Yeah. Maybe I do. But yeah. I think I just feel that he needed a big performance. He had a very quiet season last year. There's no doubt about it. He came out there in trying conditions, made a statement. Uh, potential bolter for Wallabies. It is a, a congested zone for our props yeah. at the moment, though. As yeah, well. look, it, I mean, I, I thought he was fantastic, and I think we could also probably couple in uh, Angus Bell as well. Absolutely. Uh, th- their performance on Friday night was fantastic, not just at scrum time, which is obviously a, a core role of theirs, but around the field uh, and also getting through big minutes. And we've, we've, I mean, we spoke about on the broadcast about the the um, the decision to, to take the entire front row, Parecki as well. The, Big call. At, at 65 minutes when the game was sort of in the balance. And then we saw, obviously, the, la- the last line out, uh, Horton not able to hit the man. And uh, they're, they're those decisions. There's a, a new coach, Darren Coleman, in, in Super Rugby Pacific. Uh, he'll probably go back and have a look at it. He may not feel like he's made the wrong decision there. Who knows? But um, when you've got a, a front row that are as dominant as they were, Harry Johnson-Holmes being a big part of that, uh, to take them off in the final stages when the game wasn't, especially in the second half, wasn't it, you know, too quick. They probably would have been able to play out the full 80. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it's definitely something to go back and have a look at. Absolutely. Oh, geez, I, I just got a, a, a chill down my spine. It's getting <laughs> cold in here. Drew, what is cold in your oh, world? Look, we've we've touched moment. on it, but I don't want to, like, look, I, don't did, start me again, Jimmy. I know, like, I don't, know. Mate, I don't like, like to harp just, on this. Like, honestly, you're just poking in the bear, but the overseas player policy, don't yeah. want to go there, but that is... Ice cold. That's not good. That's Andre not good. three thousand. I tell I tell you what. I tell you what else is cold in my eyes. No crowds at New Zealand games. Come on. Yeah, like aren't we over this COVID thing? Feels like it. Yeah. Anyway, look. Obviously, they, they've got restrictions around it, um, and it's unfortunate because there's some really good footy being played. And we we, we didn't touch on the Super Rugby wrap, but uh, Moana Pacifica still are yet to play. Yeah. Because of uh, the COVID issues in in their squad. Uh, their game against the Chiefs was postponed again, so hopefully we get to see them in round It'd be three. Be great to see them out there. Yeah, soon. but um, yeah, we'd love to see some crowds because the footy that they're putting out there deserves crowds. Absolutely, it is just not the same without the crowds. Uh, I tell you who, who who was hot in my eyes, Western Force. That win, it's a solid win as well. They put some yeah, points on the convincing. Rebels. It feels like it. It feels like forever since I've seen the Force do that. Maybe since the days you were playing for them. <laughs> no, no, no. They've been. They've been. Look, they've been building. They what they did was um, recruit really well through the off season. They've got a deeper squad now. Uh, they've got a really well balanced squad with some experienced players, but also players that weren't getting an opportunity at teams like the Brumbies. But now they've gone there with something to prove. The yep. Bailey Kunzels, the uh, Rishan Pasatoa. That's, that's, yeah, that's a full blown grudge match. Yeah, so these guys are stepping up and. And not just to get the win, but to get it as convincingly as they did, bonus point win as well, uh, is is huge for the Western Force. We know that each time they they have a win, they they uh, they sing a different song. I'm not sure what they they sung in the uh, in 
the dressing rooms after the game. But last year, I remember seeing the, the scenes of Adele, Robbie mm-hmm. Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, it's fun times. They're, they've got a, they're building something nice over there in the, in the West, and they also get to go home and play in front of the Sea of Blue for the first time after uh, the, Rep- the Republic of Western Australia took the wall down and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and welcomed the rest of Australia into, into, into the state. Just on the team song there, Drew, do you have a, a go-to karaoke song that you like to, to break out? I don't sing karaoke, mate. When I sing, it's a performance. Yeah. yeah. I, don't don't undersell me. Yeah. I've seen that. You really commit, don't you, when you sing? Look, I'd go Drops of Jupiter That's by right. Train. That's probably my go-to. But You got anything for us now? Not just yet, no. Not just yet? Yeah. Maybe next week. <laughs> well, we'll see. That'll be in the cold segment for sure. <laughs> That's hot and cold. It's Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN Radio. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back to the show and go with Jimmy and Drew on SEN. If you feel like calling in, having a chat with Drew Mitchell and myself, one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Or if you want to shoot us a text, we're on 0457-736-736. Drew Mitchell, it is time to cast our eye to international waters and have a look at the Six Nations. Now, last night I stayed up. I, I'm, I'm a little weary-eyed this morning because I stayed up to watch the France-Scotland Same. game. yeah. Yeah, and uh, wow, France are looking the real deal. Yeah, look, they, they're really building nicely into uh, the World Cup 2023. They'll be the host nations. But for probably the last 18 months to two years, they've been building a really deep squad. Uh, last year, Six Nations, they had some issues around COVID and, uh, and also um, clubs releasing players. Mm-hmm. And... They effectively went into the final round of last year's Six Nations with a second string side and really pushed England. So what they're doing, and then also they came to Australia and played that three-game series against um, the Wallabies. They're just they're exposing a lot of players to test footy. And that, that series here in Australia were without uh, the teams that participated in the, in the finals of the top 14. Um, so again, players were getting an opportunity that perhaps wouldn't have if, if everyone was available but it means that they've had probably at least 50 players in the last two years that have been exposed to top flight international footy. So going into Rugby World Cup 2023, they've got people that They're are... favourites at the moment. Test match hardened. And yeah, I mean, uh, Fabien Galtier, the, the coach, he's got, a, he's got a task ahead of him to pick the, the, the best 30 going ahead because they've just... from In every position, there's a, a genuine competition... Who probably except for the halfback Anton Dupont, to um, you know, in terms of who's gonna who, who can be picked there. So, I, I think France they're they're right up there with competition favourites moving into um, the Rugby World Cup 2023. But then more more immediately, uh, the, the Six Nations they are, yeah, again, they're, they're, they're I'd hate to there. repeat myself, but I'm going to. They're a problem, mate. Absolutely, and uh, just on that Rugby World Cup next year, mm-hmm. I take it you'll be heading over there then, Drew. Uh, I'm going to say yes without knowing uh, whether um, Stan and Channel 9 are going to send us over there. But I feel like if you're over there already, then you kind of just – that's that's you know that, that's how they're going to – well, that's how they can use me if I'm already over there. So I'd love to get back there. Spent four years at Toulon in the south of France. Love to get back there and uh, and see the people there around the Stade Mayo, our, our, um, our stadium in, in Toulon. But, yeah, look. Fond memories. I played in the 2007 World Cup in France as well. Yeah. So I know that they can host a really, really good uh, Rugby World Cup. And, yeah, I mean, just going into that again, France, they'd have to be up there. Probably them, New Zealand are always strong. Uh, yeah. South Africa, obviously, defending Rugby World Cup champions. 
Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, hopefully Dave Rennie's building nicely as well. And, uh, you know, we're, we're a genuine chance as well. Absolutely. Now, England versus Wales, big story of the, out of that is Manu Tuolangi uh, injured again. Yeah, it's just so frustrating. He's just some, a, a player that's everyone wants to see out there because he's, he's just got that sort of X factor, that little bit of it about him that you just can't really put your finger on. But um, hamstring injury, it's just like it's continuous for him. It must be so frustrating for him. Uh, also frustrating for, for his club team as well. Go, go into uh, the English camp, come back injured. Um, so frustrating for him, but they, they were able to manage to, to, to overcome the, the Welsh 23-19 overnight. Um, again, the English, it'll come down to probably between the English and France, probably even Ireland as well uh, for the Six Nations tournament. But also Ben Youngs, uh, just a, a quick little yeah. shout out to him. Ben Youngs becoming the most capped English player of all time, uh, beating, uh, uh surpassing Jason, Jason Leonard. Leonard yeah. yeah. So yeah. And, and, and still looking really good. Ben Young's at halfback. He is. He is. Uh, what, what are you making of, uh, his combination with Marcus Smith, the, the new prodigy coming out of England looks like a, a bit of a savior for them in, in that role and looks to have a lock on it. Well, he's just, he's different to most of the English tens that we've seen, uh, you know, in, in years past, the Johnny Wilkinson mold, the Owen Farrell, the George Fords and these types of players that are your quintessential English number tens, strong kicking game, uh, very structured in the way they play very much about territory, dropping back in the pocket, th- three points through, uh, the field goal. And, Marcus Smith is you know, similar to also Finn Russell at Scotland. These guys are playing what's in front, um, you know, very much off the cuff and 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 able to ignite something that a lot of other people don't see. And it's about the guys like Ben Young's inside him and, and whoever's playing outside him. Hopefully we see Manu Tulangi play outside him at some point. But, you know, just reacting off of what Marcus Smith sees because – He's a guy with a lot of confidence and he's got the game to back it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, just had a text through now while we're on international waters, having a look around, uh, around the world of rugby. One through from Pete. Take the money out of it. What are the positives and negatives of playing rugby overseas, Drew? Well, I mean, look, the positives are you... At 17 years old, I was offered a, a contract with... Um, the Reds Academy and also a Jersey flag contract with Canterbury Bulldogs, right? Really? And someone said to me, Drew, rugby league will take you to Townsville and Newcastle. Rugby union will take you to Paris and London. So a big strength that we have in our game is the global aspect of it and to be able to play in amazing competitions all around the world. So I I just thought for myself in my career, I wanted to experience that and, and, uh, and also do it when I still had something to offer and not right the, the, the twilight of my career. I went over four years. I ended up retiring over there. Um, but look, it's just a different experience. You, you're going into a different culture. I, I wasn't able to speak the language. Um, getting to play alongside players that I'd played against and looked up to for so long. Like I'd walk into our, our, our gym on a Monday morning and there's Johnny Wilkinson, Bucky's Bolter, um, you know, you Matt Giddos that I've obviously played with here, but Brian Habana, I, I played a lot of my career directly opposing Brian Habana. And then we played on, uh, on, on the wings for Toulon with Lee Halfpenny at fullback. Like it was just, it's great to sort of see the way they approach the game and their preparation, but also the way they, they play their, their thoughts and ideologies around how did, we should did play. Did you develop your game later in your career as a result from playing with those guys rather than against them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you become more, I guess, rounded because for for so long I, I played 
an Australian brand of footy and, and was exposed almost um, exclusively to how Australians play the game and, and, and how it's coached. And then you all of a sudden get exposed to different different types of play and, and, and the way that Johnny Wilkinson sees the game and why he does what he does and when he drops back into, into a pocket to, to, to just build scoreboard pressure, those types of things which I think you can really benefit from it. And, and the other side of it is you just get to go over there and experience you know, a different, like a different country and go around and travel. And, and I mean, look, it, it was, yeah, I, I would highly recommend it, which is also why it's frustrating with this new policy as well. I mean, I didn't want to bring it back to that. Yeah. That, I mean, that, yeah, I, know, I can just see yeah. the look in your eyes anguish when you see this come yeah, through the Mitchell I mean, rule. <laughs> no, I, I just think as well, like it, it, it benefits, like you, you see Nick White come back, currently yeah. Bill's coming back. Yep. He's already been and gone and come back from his stint at the uh, London Wasps, and then he's come uh, come back. Now he's gone to Russing in in uh, in Paris. He's coming back as well. They obviously see there's benefit in uh, in bringing these players back because they're going over and develop their game. Jesse Mogg, we just spoke about him earlier. He's another one that went away and came back as a better player. And it's not always just about players at the top level as well. There's younger guys that are going over and then coming back, having experienced a different type of footy exposed to different uh, ideologies and, and, and ways about playing the game and have brought it back to Australia and, and benefited from it. And not just players, coaches. Like yeah. All of our coaches are going overseas, upskilling themselves and then coming back. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it, yeah, no, it's frustrating. I don't want to go back to that, but to the, to the text. Um, the negatives are you, you, you miss home. Um, for me, a negative was not being able to play for Australia as well. Like that was something I had to, that weighed on me heavily when I made that decision about going over because at the time there was no, um, there's no law or ghetto rule or whatever it was to come back. Uh, that fortunately for, for us, it changed while we're over there, but, um, but going over there, we we're effectively retiring from, from international footy. Um, so that was difficult. Um, the language was, it was tough. I was over there by myself, um, you know, without, without, um, you know, Makido was over there with his wife and end up having a family over there, um, which was really beneficial for me. So yeah. that's another thing I'd say for these players that are looking at going overseas as well. Don't just go, like I, I had bigger offers at different clubs in France, but I knew that I needed a support network like Makido, uh, you know, he's my best mate. So I, I needed someone there to, to help me, off the field, effectively. Yeah. I mean, his his wife is an absolute saint. Bianca, she cooked me dinner effectively five nights a week, you know. And and you know, just having those people there when you know when when things are tough away from footy and you're going through different things like everyone does in life, and to have that support network was huge as well. So uh, that's the one thing I'd probably say to these players looking at going overseas. It's not just necessarily about getting the biggest offer. It's about getting the right fit. And for me, having a support network is really important. Final game in the Six Nations is tonight. It's Ireland versus Italy. Coming up after this next break, we are having a chat and we're looking at your texts and we're coming back to all your questions to do with rugby. Feel free to give us a call, 1300 01 1170 or shoot us a text through on 0457 736 736. See you in a second. Hello and welcome back to the show and go with myself, Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell. Now we're answering your texts and we're also uh, wanting you to call in. If you feel like uh, giving us a call, we're on 1300 01 1170. First one up, Drew, Harry from Neutral Bay. Northern, Northern versus Southern Hemisphere. Is this a game that you would like to be happening? 
Mate, I'd love to see it. I think we, you know, like as a game, we need to keep uh, evolving and, and bringing more entertainment products to to uh, to our fan base. And, I mean, there's always that sort of discussion around the Six Nations, the Rugby Championship, uh, who's, you know, where, who's the strongest. And, and then also how you combine all those players into one team for the Southern Hemisphere and, and likewise interesting. With, with the Northern Hemisphere. I think it's probably something that should happen. Yeah. I think they had it a few years ago. Um, so maybe at, at Twickenham, there was one, I think it was maybe a bit of a relief fund type game. Okay. Um, it wasn't sort of everyone, like, you know, it wasn't sort of the, the top flight necessarily that you would pick uh, across the board, but it was certainly a, a little appetizer for it. I think there's an appetite as well. I think, you know, there's, 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 a, there's a great debate. I think everyone would love to sit there and, and have a, an a definitive a answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a good one from I mean, Harry. Yeah. How, how you fit uh, all those, the best players into the South, Southern Hemisphere team and where would it be played, Jimmy? On the equator, maybe. <laughs> Equatorial Guinea. Well, okay. I, I, look, I'm just throwing ideas out there. Yeah, I think that one will probably be thrown back at you, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, would it be a series as well? Would it be a one-off yeah. game or would so it be a three-game series? The calendar's pretty tight as it is. It is, it it is, is. tight, but I think, I think also there's, there's movement and discussions around a global calendar and a, 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 some sort of world championship every couple of years. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly something I think they should probably look at. Fantastic. And we've got someone on the line now, someone calling in. Is that Mr. Sean Maloney from Stan Sport himself? Well, it is. Can we just let Drew like, speak for the next five minutes and get us sort of the top of the hour? the end of the show or what? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we, 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 th- thanks for calling in. For forever. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. For, what was the uh, the little, um, the, the music, the, the tune while you're waiting? Was it all right or what? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be the show guy's first ever caller. So as soon as I heard you guys on air this morning, I was furiously dialing your callback line. No answer. Yeah. So whoever's producing... Was obviously at the coffee, and you've left me hanging. But here we are, and I've got to say, so nice to have a fully focused rugby show on a Sunday morning. Well done, you two, and well done, Ben, for having a dip. Thank you, mate. Sure, I'd like to uh, just get your opinion. What really impressed you over the weekend of the Super Rugby Pacific? Yeah, great question. Uh, Obviously, the the end of that Blues Hurricanes game. You haven't seen that yet, mate. That a first stop Sunday morning. Uh, I really enjoyed the Red Stars game Friday night. Those conditions out there at Leichhardt Oval were absolutely horrific. But both sides handled really well. It was uh, it was enthralling out of that last play of the game. Uh, physical. I can't remember a derby as physical as that one. Yeah. They were absolutely wasting each other. So that was probably my highlight, the Red Stars game. Uh, and then broader, I don't think you guys have seen it yet, but watch the highlights back. France v Scotland, and then uh, finish off with England v Wales. Take some matches on stand. Honestly, the, the, that French team at the moment are white yeah, hot. They are. They are absolutely. And just touching on that Waratahs derby that we we watched on Friday night, Shawnee, going into Brumbies Waratahs this week. What should we expect there, mate? I think I think I think we'll go low scoring again if, if conditions. Uh, as we expect it. I mean, this is a team that the Tars are a team that are really on the up. I mean, there's a lot about them that, uh, that that's impressed me across those first two weeks. Um, I can see them potentially upsetting the Brumbies. I really can. That that that's how different this 22 outfit is compared to uh, last year. 
Mate, and what about the Western Force over the Rebels last night? That that's uh, a pretty pretty oh. big result, eh? Oh, oh, what a low game! <laughs> what a great performance from uh, what a great performance from the Western Force. I I tipped them to win that game against the Rebels, but my gosh, that was a uh, that was a grind that one compared to the uh, end inside the side Tough high, one to call. Quality, high handling first from Friday night. What was it twenty eight three full time? Yeah, uh, the force that was the force. I reckon we'll really uh, push the Reds over in Perth this uh, Friday night as well. Absolutely, Shawnee. Absolutely. Well, mate, thank you for calling in. Our first caller on the show and go You go, go down in history, end. Shawnee. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm just off for a walk around DY, Jimmy, so I'll, uh, I'll have a coffee for you down on the stream. Fantastic, mate. I look forward to it. Thank you all for listening in to the show and go on SEN Radio. From myself, Jimmy Galvin, and my co-host, Drew Mitchell, how did you enjoy the first episode? Mate, I loved mate? it. Yeah, like, like Shawnee said, a fully focused rugby show uh, every week, 10 to 11 on SEN. I, awesome. Couldn't, uh, couldn't think of anything else I'd like to do on a Sunday morning. So hopefully uh, Likewise, you, you enjoyed it and uh, also looking forward to engaging with our listeners as well in the, in the weeks ahead. Fantastic. We will see you same time next week on SEN. This is the show and go.